0: Welcome back to Hot Girls Read with Stina. Hey everyone, my name is Stina and I am the host of Hot Girls Read. Here we nurture our mind, body, and souls by reading personal development books. We discuss skills and techniques we learn from the text to manifest the lives we want. And we cultivate self-love to become the best version of ourselves. Nothing is hotter than a confident girl who is strong mentally, physically, and spiritually. We are back again with part three talking about the book, The Mountain Is You by Brianna Wiest. This is a book about self-sabotage why we do it, when we do it, and how to stop doing it for good. If you want to hear about other parts of the book I do not discuss on the show, then you'll want to follow Hot Girls Read on TikTok at Read underscore podcast. I post a lot of videos about the text and give personal development tips you can implement into your daily life. In last week's episode, I covered the emotions we may feel when we get triggered and getting to the root of why we feel them. If we want to master our life, we have to learn to organize our feelings by becoming aware of them. We can trace them back to the thought process that prompted them, and from there we can decide whether or not the idea is an actual threat or fabrication. Self-sabotage is ultimately just a product of low emotional intelligence. There is an incredible amount of resourceful information in the last part of this book, and I want to share all of it with you. That being said, I'm releasing today's episode in two parts. The first part, we are discussing how we can build our emotional intelligence, and in the second part, we are discussing how we can create a new healthy life with everything we have learned from this text. I hope you all enjoy the episode. I have never really thought about if I was emotionally intelligent or not. I always thought that I was emotionally mature and the further I get into this book, I'm realizing that my emotional intelligence could definitely be better and that's okay because we are learning how to do that right now. To give you a, a better idea, emotional intelligence is the ability to understand, interpret, and respond to your emotions in an enlightened and healthy way. I think the biggest thing is When we feel emotions, we get into a victim mindset that leads us to reacting to our emotions in a negative way. And we have to get rid of the the victim mindset and realize our emotions are just a product of our thoughts. We can't attach our emotions to the circumstance or to the person because the emotion is solely because of our own inner dialogue and thoughts. Brianna says that The result of having high emotional intelligence is that we are able to get along with a lot of people and feel more contentment and satisfaction in our everyday lives because we are able to process and express our authentic feelings in a positive way. When we have high emotional intelligence, we are able to recognize the feeling our body gets when that emotion comes up, and we are able to understand what that emotion and response is telling us about our, ourselves and our life. In the intro, I said that that self sabotage is the lack of emotional intelligence, and that is because without the ability to understand ourselves, we become lost. The interesting thing is that our our brains are wired to resist what we really want in life and that is because the brain knows that once we receive that thing we truly desire we will have the satisfaction we will have that satisfaction and and then we'll look for something else to desire or accomplish. Self-sabotage is a way of making sure we never we never actually get there. We are so enmeshed in the mental state of wanting something that we cannot shift to the state of having it. We need to learn to override the programming of our brain to take control of our own life. Our brain is built to govern our life and our subconscious mind regulates our comfort zone and we cannot let our emotions take the wheel and dictate the trajectory of of our life. Emotions are are fleeting and are rarely indicative of our reality. We can start the change by making small shifts in our day-to-day routines and structured life. These are called micro, micro shifts or also known as um, paradigm shifts, which I've mentioned before on the show. Brianna says that what we do every single day, whether that's making our bed, taking care of our body by brushing our teeth or doing skincare routines... All of these small things account for the quality of our life and the degree of our success. If we want to change our life, we need to make tiny decisions every hour of every day until those choices become our habits and we continue to do them. It can be very overwhelming to think of everything you'd like to change and do it all at once. So Brianna suggests starting with one small change and then let the momentum and energy build naturally for further change. Now we are going to talk about self-awareness. I want you to take a second and think about the questions I'm going to ask you are you ready? (laughs) Okay. Do you ever have the feeling that you are seeking out problems in your life or creating issues where they don't really even exist? Do you find yourself overreacting, overthinking, and catastrophizing your life? If you said yes to any of these, then that means you are self-aware and you are just like anybody else. When we perceive a real threat, we are on it and we respond to it. But when there is a less likely threat, our, our bodies freak out because we cannot control whether that threat happens or not. This is because the human mind is anti-fragile, which means we need to, we need adversity, and the mind constantly creates problems where there is none. This sounds like a bad thing, but it's actually good. And when I read this, I was like, "Oh wow, this is this is bad." But but then Brianna says. It's actually good because adversity makes us creative. Now, where it can be bad is if we let our minds take full control of our life and we just sit in the passenger seat assuming life happens to us and we have no control over it. What this all means is that we should not fear our emotions and instead be a part of them, accept them for what they are and move on. This, um, this reminds me of a few episodes ago when we were talking about the book Ungettable by Chris Sider and he talked about the Japanese term mitsu no kokoro, and it means mind like water, which means we have control of our emotions and how we react to our circ- circumstances. We never overreact and we never underreact because we are in control. It's funny because Brianna also talks about this Japanese phrase in the book. Something I think um, a lot of you can probably relate to is that our minds think we are psychics and we always know what other people are thinking or saying about us we we like really think like oh i know what this person is thinking about me right now and they're telling this person that and at the end of the day nobody is thinking about you or that situation that happened every single person is always only thinking about themselves they are never spending time thinking about another person more so than they are themselves you might be thinking oh well, i think about this person Person, like all the time. But in reality, your brain, you're actually thinking about yourself and what's best for you and what you want. Bri- Brianna calls this um, psychic thinking. And she says it is absolutely terrible for our mental health because it can lead to anxiety and depression. With psychic thinking, we believe that our emotions dictate reality. Or indicate reality and that something more is coming and this is often false, but having this mindset will will lead to um, self-sabotaging behavior. The negative thoughts stemming from the emotion will come true. Our minds like to jump to a worst-case scenario which is called a logical lapse and this is what leads to having anxiety. If we are experiencing anxiety, then that means our our critical thinking skills are inefficient in the moment. If we want to heal, we have to learn to process the all of our emotions, but we need to learn to process the emotion of anxiety. Acknowledge it, realize it isn't real, and let go of it. Anxiety rarely comes from things that are actually happening and instead comes from things our minds think could happen. There is peace in knowing that the anxiety isn't factual. If we let the anxiety take over and our mind take over, we have to realize our mind is very powerful and it can lead to a downward spiral. I'm going to give you a personal example of this. Um, A few years ago, a friend of mine passed away from a disease he was born with. When this happened, I was overcome with so many emotions. Grief was definitely being one of them. Um, but then I, I let my mind and, and anxiety get to a really bad place. If you listen to the first episode of Hot Girls Read, then you know that I had a brain tumor when I was 10 years old. When my friend passed away, I had convinced myself that my brain tumor came back. I was having panic attacks and just full-blown anxiety. It was so bad that I could not go to his funeral. My mind and anxiety had taken over so much that I was starting to experience, physically experience the dizzy spells that I had when I was 10 um, before I was diagnosed and before I had my surgery. I had um, been a few years out of having to get my annual MRIs or my brain scans. And that made my anxiety even worse because I used to have comfort in knowing that I had an MRI coming up. So if the tumor came back, they would catch it. But it had been almost 14 years since my brain tumor and I no longer had to get MRIs. So anyway, I ended up scheduling uh, an MRI and it, and it came back perfectly fine. From there, I was able to come back to um, my normal self. But this is just an example of what could happen when we let our minds and our anxiety take over. Our subconscious mind will believe whatever we tell it. So instead of telling it negative things, we should try and only feed it with positive affirmations because that is what our reality will be. I read somewhere that, our, um, when we tell our subconscious mind something that our subconscious mind is now being put to work to prove whatever we said to be true and that goes for positive thoughts or for um for negative thoughts so if you say I am a teacher your mind and you keep saying that over again I i am a teacher I am a teacher your subconscious mind is going to start to believe that. And then you're going to start doing actions that eventually get you to the point where you've gone to school and now you are sitting in a classroom and you are a teacher. It's just, it's really crazy how that works. But anyway, this whole story I just told you, Brianna calls it a faulty inference. And it is when you come up with a false conclusion based on valid evidence. This means that, What you are seeing, experiencing, or understanding might be real, but the assumptions that you are piecing together from it are either not real or highly unlikely. In a sense, this is one way our brain can betray us. Our brain is unable to decipher the difference between what is fact or made up, and our body responds regardless. This goes back to having a strong mental diet, which I know I've talked about before. We have to train our brain and train our thoughts. Anytime we have a thought that is not real or strikes anxiety or is negative, we have to stop it and turn it into the positive version of that thought. This takes practice, but eventually our brain will adapt. To break it all down, I'm going to give you five Tips you can take with you to practice improving your emotional intelligence. If you haven't already, you may want to grab a pen and paper or download the episode and come back later to this. Okay, so five tips you can take with you to practice improving your emotional intelligence. Number one, practice observing how you feel. What emotion is it? Where do you feel it in your body? Why are you feeling it? Number two, pay attention to how you behave. Are you receptive to others' opinions or do you let yourself get triggered by thoughts that are different than your own? Number three, take responsibility for your feelings. The emotions you feel and your behavior comes from you and no one else. You are not the victim. Accept ownership of your feelings. Number four, focus on the positive emotions you feel and do things and think things that will make more of these positive emotions come up. Remember, we need to practice having a strong mental diet. And number five, this is a lifetime process. Emotional intelligence is an ongoing process of learning about ourselves and getting deep into the understanding of who we are and why. As humans, we are meant to change. We are meant to evolve. We can no longer carry our past traumas with us into our future lives. If we are becoming the best version of ourselves, then we need to release the past. And I'm going to tell you how. Recovering from self-sabotage requires letting go of the old version of yourself and your old past. It isn't easy and it's going to require work that will release a lot of emotions. The day you let go is the day you let yourself revisit your trauma, cry it out for as long as it takes, and realize this is necessary to build the new life you are so excited about. The second part of today's episode, we are getting into releasing the past and creating this new life. Bring some tissues because it's going to be emotional. See you all next time on Hot Girls Read with Stina.